Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we're back for the Lay the Points podcast, episode 16, coming right at you. We finally have preseason in the books. Now we can actually look forward to the regular season knowing there is nothing else that we're going to see on game film and we pretty much have all the information that we need to be able to go into this season looking at things on how to handicap certain teams and I can't tell you man I am chomping at the bit I'm actually going to the Rams Bills game to start the season out here in SoFi Stadium I am so stoked wow and uh what week is that you're gonna go week one it's the first game of the NFL season How'd that happen? Did you just so a, a friend of mine? He's a construction manager. He and his wife moved out here a couple of years ago, and one of the projects that he was managing was the construction of SoFi Stadium. Um, now, granted, it wasn't the entire thing. They have a lot of different people, and he had you know was in charge of a certain portion of it. But nevertheless, because of that, he was able to get like the inside track on getting some tickets uh, going sure. into this season. Uh, we got some pretty decent seats sitting at like the 35 yard line top deck, but like knowing the way that stadium is constructed and how vertical it is, I would yeah. much rather be close to center field and high than at the end sure. zone, you know, uh, wide. So I can't tell you how excited I am, man. We're only eight days away from the regular season. Yeah. Um, expect a Buffalo Bills victory in that game. I can feel it. They're my team I, to win the whole thing. So I'm very happy. It might the be Bills. the best game on paper in the entire on the entire NFL schedule this year. Yeah. Well, I don't see the Rams going back to the Super Bowl this year. It, it's very hard to go back to back to the Super Bowl. So I'm not predicting that that's going to happen. But um, yeah, so, you know, and cut day happened. Um, so all the teams have their rosters now. And, and so, um, you know, we can get into the kind of the news and notes of what we took from uh, the last week of the preseason. Um, I do want to mention, uh, as a 49er fan, and I know you saw the news, that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, decided to take a pay cut, actually helped yeah. out the San Francisco 49ers, and it was very, very strange. I Even John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they were shocked. They they just they floated the idea to Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, he was all about it. Um, I guess 30, 31 teams didn't want him, which to me is kind of surprising when you look at some of the quarterbacks that are running some teams um, now. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay. I mean, he's a proven winner. He's, I know he's not going to like light your team on fire, but if you want to win football games, he's a great uh, bridge player to have if you have another young quarterback. So he's back as a backup to Trey Lance. Um, I happened to did, uh, notice the, in the Bears game, you know, Justin Fields, he didn't have a lot of um, really good. Uh, his first two preseason games, but his, his third one was pretty good. Um, what did you think about him and his, he was his- astounding. He was really accurate with the football. I think he finished 14 to 16 for a buck 56 and three scores in playing in the first half of that game, but it wasn't even so much the statistics. I saw a video last night, Kurt Warner. He runs this, uh, this podcast series or this video series called quarterback confidential. And he breaks down game film, of different quarterbacks. And he released a video where he was breaking down Justin Fields from that game. And his biggest takeaway was how decisive 
Justin Fields was with the football. He was making reads on the fly and making a decision and going to it. And he has an arm. That's never been a question. He's always had a strong arm. He's always had the athleticism, but he got criticized quite often a bit last year in his rookie season on being indecisive with the football and holding on to it too long. And if he can take that leap this year, and he appears to have a really solid rapport with Cole Komet, who could have a breakout year, which we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about the Bears over-unders. And I was really impressed with him in some of the things that he was able to exhibit that maybe he has progressed heading into his next year. And that you know that that's really, really interesting to see because there's not a ton of talent, so they're going to need him to take that next step. Otherwise, it's going to be a really long year in Chicago. Another quarterback, though, that always draws some headlines, and I'm super excited to see your take on this, Baker Mayfield, who's now with the Carolina Panthers, was quoted in the media when referencing the week one game against his former team, the Cleveland Browns, which how awesome is that we get that week one? He says, we're going to fuck them up. Well, I mean, there's not a whole lot of, I mean, I, I love the bravado. That's very Baker. It's on brand for sure. But I don't know if that's the best way to go about it because Cleveland is even without a great quarterback. They're unbelievably talented and you just maybe gave them some more bulletin board material. You know, when I first read it, I was like, that was stupid. Like, of course, like, of course he's going to say something like that. Cause that's just the type of player he is. But then when I like started to think about it, I was like, you know what? He probably will. Cause you know, kind of how football stories work. Sometimes it's like, it's kind of their revenge game. And it usually kind of works out in that player's favor that kind of got screwed over a little bit. Because his time in Cleveland, like, he did everything he could. And I'm not saying he's a, you know, all-pro quarterback. But, I mean, he could have played better. But he didn't play awful. Um, And when he did last year, he was dealing with numerous injuries. Yeah. And honestly, that's where I almost put the fault on the coaching staff. They should have recognized early on that he was hurting the team by playing through those injuries. And a quarterback's never going to voluntarily take themselves out of the game if they think they can play. Right. That's what coaches are for. And yep. they let him continue to play, and he continued to struggle and throw picks. So I put that on them as much as I do him. So And, and I agree that you know it very well mer- might work out that way, uh, but, but man, what a storyline that we're going to have going into week one. That should be really exciting. So let's jump into our NFL over and under segment and the anticipation of the best division in football this year, the AFC West. We'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they are over under 10 and a half. What do you think? It's a really big number uh, for them to win 11 games. They have to go 11 and six. They have to play the AFC South, which isn't too bad. You figure the Colts and Titans are the only teams that might, you know, give them a run uh, from that division. Uh, and they play the NFC West, which isn't go- expected to be as good as last year, but should still be pretty formidable. The Rams, the Cardinals, and the Niners will all be serious tests for them as well. But then there are three other random games. Or, I mean, they're not random, but the three other games based on where they finished in their division are against the Buccaneers, the Bengals, and the Bills. They could lose yep. all three of those games. Yep. And one has to wonder what is this offense going to look like without Tyreek Hill? I, It's not going to be as good, and it's not going to be as dynamic. I think, I mean, I've said it before many times, uh, the loss of Tyreek to that offense is massive. <clears throat> it affects 
everybody. Uh, the running game, it affects uh, Travis Kelsey. It's, I mean, he was a huge part of it, and they're going to feel it early. And I know they added some wide receivers, but, you know, it's not Tyreek. And the effects and, and uh, the pressure he puts on defenses and opens up the field. So I'm, I'm, I'm picking the under. I, I, you know, I've said it like I'm not super high. Like I think Kansas City will be good, but I don't see them winning 11 games. No way. I, just, I agree. Uh, of all the picks on the board for this division, this is probably the one that I feel the strongest about, considering the strength of schedule and how difficult it is for them. And not only did they lose Tyree Kill, which so much of that offense is based around the ability of Mahomes to extend plays. And, you know, it's hard to cover any NFL wide receiver for four or five seconds. Mm -hmm. It's nearly impossible to cover Tyree Kill for seven or eight seconds. I don't care if you have three guys. He's going to find a way to get open. We've seen it time and time again. So on all those broken plays and bootlegs and rollouts that we see from Mahomes that – is extending the play and eventually Hill comes free. That's not there. And that's not Juju Smith-Schuster's game by any means. He's more of a possession receiver. He has really good hands. I think he'll have a really good year with Kansas City, but he's not the same type player. And if they expect MVS to just come in and be their deep ball guy, I mean, Aaron Rodgers would hit him deep every so often, but he's not very consistent and he had an issue with drops throughout his career. So I, I, I agree that their offense is going to take a step back. And then not only that, but their defense, which people forget, the first eight weeks of the season last year, the Chiefs had one of the worst defenses in football. They turned it around as the year went along. And one of the key reasons was Tyron Matthew. Matthew is maybe the best safety in football or one of the best for the last handful of years. He's gone. That's the guy who led their defense. He was their vocal leader of the entire football team. He's gone. That's a huge loss that no one is really talking about. For And... To lose someone like that in the secondary when you play in the division with Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson, six of your games are against those quarterbacks, and you play Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, like, man, I'm expecting some, I I believe their defense takes a big step back from what we saw at the end of last year. I think 10 would be the high watermark. I think 10's the best they can do. Give me the under, and again, of all the teams on the board, I feel most strongly about this one. And they also lost their best cornerback in the offseason to San Francisco in uh, Traverius Ward. Yeah, so, that's, I that's mean, right. You lose your starting safety, your leader your t- you, like of your defense, and your starting cornerback. Like, it, so you lose two on of your best players. On an already questionable end. defense that we saw. I mean, do, does anyone remember what Buffalo did in that AFC Divisional game? Yeah. Josh Allen made it look easy. Scored a lot of points. Shit like shit through a tin horn. Like it was yep. unbelievable. So yeah, I, I love the under. I agree with you there. Yeah, I'm picking and I stand by this hundred percent. I'm picking the Kansas City Chief to finish dead last in the AFC <laughs> Now that that's a bold take. That that that's a bold take, Cotton. Yep. Uh all right, so let's jump to the Chargers. Their over under is ten. What do you think? You know, it's interesting. So this is the only team in Vegas right now that has the over-under on a hard number. They're not on a half. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that they put that there with the Chargers because I feel like the aura around Mahomes and what he's done, and he's already, everyone knows, a Hall of Fame quarterback and might go down as one of the greatest in history. 
Um, and so people are reluctant to say that the Chargers or the Broncos or the Raiders are better than the Chiefs. And Vegas wanted to reflect that in some way to not disrespect them in some ways. But sitting at 10, it's going 11 and 6. So their schedule, they have the, they play the same AFC South, NFC West, obviously. But they get the Dolphins. They get the Browns without Deshaun Watson, which is a big, big key for that game. They get him early in the season. And they get the Falcons. Uh, because since they lost and finished in third last year in the AFC West, they mm-hmm. get the Falcons and not the Saints because of that mm-hmm. game in Week 18 against the Raiders, which I don't know if you remember that, but that was one of the craziest finishes in the history of football. It's like, um, who wants to win? Who wants to lose? That's, yeah, it was, who the wants scenarios to tie? Were, who scenarios wants to tie? So We've never weird. seen a game where the question was, who wants to tie? It's and the weird, yeah. both in the, in the Chargers still found a way to bungle that. Right. Um, Brandon Staley, anyway. Uh, yeah. But anyway, it's interesting to see the number sitting at 10 and a lot of the money in Vegas is flooding the over. You have to lay 140 to take the over. And that's that's a lot of juice to lay to say that this team's going to win 11. I do like the Chargers a lot. And on paper, you can make the argument they're the most talented roster in football on both sides of the ball. But man, it's still the Chargers. And until I see them take that big step forward, I'm reluctant to do so. So for me, I'm staying away because I also don't see him just going nine and eight. I feel really comfortable with, with the over on this. I yeah. think Justin, Justin Herbert, and I think he's going to take another step this year. And I look at their team. They really didn't lose like a lot of big pieces on their team. Um, the key to being a really good football team is keeping your team together and, and establishing that unity together each and every year and keep building off your success. I thought the chargers were uh, a very good team last year, but at some point, like they're going to break that donut mentality, you know, like at the end of games and just, you know, dropping games because you make really stupid decisions. But um, I think Justin Herbert is just way too talented. Um, I could see Eckler having another really, really solid year. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then you look on their defense. They they uh, they got J.C. Jackson in in free agency, and then they traded for uh, Khalil Mack, and then they uh, uh, a sneaky good defensive tackle was uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, who they got as well. Um, he was uh, where did he come from, or was he a free agent? I'm sorry. I'm they, yeah, they got him in free agency, and uh, it was probably one of. I mean, obviously, you add a Khalil Mack, an all-pro linebacker, that's going to help. Uh, edge rusher, I mean, you could pretty much move him all over if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and adding J.C. Jackson, who, just as a note, just had ankle surgery. He's going to miss yeah. likely the first month of the season. So, you know, it's something to be aware of. But when he comes back, he was easily one of the best cover corners in the league. But last year, the biggest problem on this Chargers team was their inability to stop the run. You could argue the reason they didn't make the playoffs was the week 16 game against the Texans when Rex Burkhead, yes, Rex Burkhead ran for like a buck 60 and three scores or something crazy, Mm -hmm. went wild on them and they lost. And Herbert, you know, tried to bring him back. He was slinging it. He threw a couple picks because he was down 15 every time he got the ball. Um, But their inability to stop the run for the last handful of years, it appears like they finally got the memo and getting Joseph Day hopefully takes on like a, a Vince Wilfork type player. He's a really, really big guy. 
Hopefully you can cover the A and B gaps. You take maybe the center and offensive guard to have to, you know, stop him up front. And that should allow some other guys to eat. And obviously if you can have Mac to go with Bosa, their pass rush should be pretty phenomenal. Like I said, the talent on this roster is unreal. To yeah. me, the, the biggest question mark is Brandon Staley and the head coach. Um, will he continue to just go forward on fourth down every single time? I mean, I know Justin Herbert went six for six on fourth and tens in that game against the Raiders, yeah. which no one has talked about that. That's never happened before in the history of football. Probably will never happen again. I I could not believe fourth and 10, 12 yards, fourth and 10, 15 yards, fourth and 10, 18 yards, fourth and goal from the 23 <laughs> touchdown. Like yeah. what? Who does that? Um, so like they have all the pieces, uh-huh. but can Staley make the right decisions and put the guys in the right position to succeed? I'm just still a little reluctant. So I I'm staying away from this one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's jump to Denver. Their over under is nine and a half. And I have a feeling that you're gonna, you're gonna tell me something about the Broncos. You know, they're the team that of everyone, and I know it's it's not always as easy for someone to just come into the building and change a team, but I think Russell Wilson has exhibited throughout his career the leadership qualities that mirror that of a Tom Brady, dare I say, and I'm the biggest Brady guy you know, but he has that same leadership mentality. He's willing to call out guys if he needs to. He calls himself out when he needs to. Um, he, he spreads the ball around. He's liked by his teammates. Um, and he comes into a situation where last year they had a top 10 defense. They had weapons on the outside. They had one of the best running games in the NFL and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, both are back. They needed a quarterback. And I I think he's going to come into this building and things are going to change really quickly. Nine and a half. I know I had to lay a little bit of juice. I think right now it's at minus one thirty-five, but there's a reason for that. The betting public is right on this one. I like them to go 10 and seven. Maybe they go 11 and six because their schedule is a little bit lighter. They get to play the Jets, the Ravens, and the Panthers outside of those divisions that they normally play. So between Jets, Ravens, Panthers, and then they get to play the AFC South. So they get wins against the Jaguars and the Texans that are a lock. And then the lock against the, the Seahawks from the NFC West. They probably beat one or two other teams from out there. So knowing all of those games that are gimmies on their schedule based on where they finished, of all the ones, I, I really like their over nine and a half. I, if I had to pick a team to win this division, I think that's who I'm going with. That's what I figured you'd say. You know, I, Denver is Denver is going to be very, very good this year. Um, but with the nine and a half, I, I don't really know, you know, because I look at, you know, I mean, can three teams go 10 plus wins? Same division, you know, I, I don't, I could see it. I could see it. I, I'm just reluctant to like go that way. So I, I'm just like with this, I'm, I'm just going to stay away. I don't know. I mean, I've you, like, you can't doubt Russell Wilson. He's, he's just got to make your team better. And they're already set up for success. They already, he's walking into a great uh, tandem of uh, two great running, you know, two solid running backs with Javante Williams becoming, he could be a star this year. And then uh, Cortland Sutton. I mean, he is, He's a dynamic wide receiver. We just haven't seen it yet. Like he just hasn't had that quarterback that can really showcase his talents. Same with Jerry Judy. So, I mean, they could they could easily win twelve games and and they could win the division. Like I could see it. And their defense, yeah, like just like you said, it's good. It's really good. 
and they added Randy Gregory from Dallas to add to their pass rush. So, yep. you know, like I could see it. It's just, you know, like with the next team, like I got to save for my favorite, you know, like the last team in this division. Cause that's who I've been really high on, but um, I totally get where you're coming from. And I could, I could easily see Denver um, winning double digit games for sure. But I'm just going to kind of stay away from this. Too hesitant with it. Well, and it's interesting. So you were referencing as a good segue to the final team in the division, which I mean, it just goes to show how talented this division really is. The last team's the Raiders. Vegas has their over under at eight and a half. Uh, which is a joke. And you lay a little bit of juice, a minus one and one fifteen. Yeah. Um, but it's essentially what you would normally find. And their schedule actually is a little bit more difficult than both Denver's and the Chargers because of where they finished last year. So they get those same divisions, but they have to play the Steelers, the Saints from the NFC South, and the mm-hmm. Patriots. Uh, so it's definitely not some gimmies in there. Um, it, personally, as much as I believe that they are very, very talented, and obviously adding Devontae Adams to that offense is going to help tremendously, I have some serious questions on their defense. Mm-hmm. I can see that too. I mean, I, I just look at a team that could um, – I just think that Max Crosby and Chandler Jones are going to be uh, two of the, the be- probably one of the best pairs of pass rushers in the NFL this year. I think they're going to like combine probably for – the you know second or third or maybe first most sacks together i just think chandler uh jones is extremely underrated and i know he's an older guy but uh he's just he's never talked about enough he he can you know get 15 sacks in a season and no one knows but i mean he's been doing it back in new england and and then did in arizona so i was just as a 49er fan i wanted to get him uh, to pair with nick bosa but i look at their offense i think josh mcdaniels he you know, like he's only coached in, in, in New England, then he went to Denver, and that didn't really work out. But I think he's really going to open up this offense because uh, who is uh, Rick Basaccia was their coach last year? He was the interim coach after they fired Gruden, correct, yeah. Right, and I was never high on, on John Gruden coming back. So I think that he's one of those really good offensive minds that I think is going to really open up their offense. I think the Raiders are going to have one of the best offenses in the year because people – we can talk so much about Darren Waller and we can talk so much about uh, Devontae Adams, but Hunter Renfro is really good. And I mean, and the guy is always open and he had a great connection last year with, uh, with Derek Carr. So, you know, like you add that three headed monster, I, I question their running game. I mean, it's kind of the same thing every single year with, with Josh Jacobs. He's a dynamic runner, but he can never stay healthy. He's always nicked up all the time. So obviously every team's going to, going to come down to health and uh but yeah like i do have questions on their defense as well but um but overall they, it sounds like you really like the over eight and a half oh i do i do you know i you know like i look at those games that you mentioned like the patriots i think i don't think the patriots are going to be very good sorry um and i think <laughs> okay. i don't that that'll be yeah like i think that'll be a a very winnable game and then the steelers like i get the steelers but i mean look at their quarterback play like i mean you well, we don't know in. what their quarterback play is going to look like. Yeah, I mean, but, who's going to be the starter? I think they play late in the season, like week fifteen in Pittsburgh, in like late December. So we'll be dealing. But with that the might be Kyle Trask time. But it might be Kyle Trask time at that point. 
maybe, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, I, you know, like, you know, like the Raiders, I think they played the Steelers pretty well last year. So I, I'm not too worried about that. I think I've been high on them um, for a while now. So that's Believe my not, team to win the I, AFC I know, is the Raiders. I, I know I'm going to be in the minority, but I kind of like the under. Um, and, and I agree with you that the offense will be one of the best in the NFL. When we saw Devontae Adams in college at Fresno State, his quarterback was, of course, Derek Carr. In the two years they were together, they connected for over 3,000 yards and 38 touchdowns in two seasons. That is insane. I mean, I get it. It's college, and it's at Fresno State, so the level of play that they were going against is not the greatest. But still, those are – they're obviously going to have a connection right away when he comes into that building. And I agree that Josh McDaniels is one of the best offensive minds that we have seen in a long time. And, and Chandler Jones will help, even though I do think eventually he need, you would think one of these years his production has to dip. I mean, we don't normally see pass rushers play at that level for this long. You know, Belichick has been known for years for, you know, I'd rather cut a guy one year too early than one year too late. Yeah. Yeah. And – Chandler Jones is one of the few guys that he cut seven years too early because he went out to Arizona and has been balling out for half a decade. (laughs) Right. Um, But you got to think that one of these years he might slow down. That might be this year, but to your point uh, that it would be really difficult for this division, knowing how difficult it is for three teams to win 10. I think it's equally difficult for four to win nine, um, even with 17 games now. And of all the teams, alongside the Chiefs, the Raiders have the weakest defense, I believe. And their depth, you know, behind Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, their depth at defensive end is practically non-existent. And same thing at corner. And they didn't have very good corners last year, and they didn't really address it. So, again, in that division, if you don't have a very reliable secondary, I think they're going to lose a lot of shootouts this year. Um, I think the offense will, like you said, be one of the best, but if I had to lean, I'm actually taking the under on the Raiders this year. Well, I'm still taking the over, but I am after hearing all your great points and everything and thinking about everything as a whole in the AFC West, I'm, I'm changing my AFC West winner and I'm now picking, I'm now picking the most complete team is the Broncos. Oh, so you're Broncos. rolling with the Broncos. I'm rolling with the Broncos because I think they're the most complete team because you have to really have a solid defense to get all the way. Like you can't have a defense that's just going to get lit up. Especially in that yeah. di- in that division. Right. You know, like even the teams that actually make it to the Super Bowl. I remember when the 49ers played the Ravens with, with Colin Kaepernick and, you know, the talk was – Ray Lewis was older and Reed was older and all this stuff. And the Niners should steamroll over their defense, but they had just enough to, to win. So they didn't have a dominant defense, but you have to have something. And, you know, outside of, outside of their pass rush with the Raiders, it is concerning, like their safety position, their cornerbacks, their depth behind those guys just don't know. And then you look at teams like Denver, they have Patrick Sertan, like a, just a shutdown corner. I don't know who the other corner is, but their linebackers are good. They added another pass rusher. And then they have Russell Wilson, who is one of the best leaders in football, who's going to be able to run the ball with that. So I look at it as a whole, and uh, I, I'm i going with you. I'm going with Denver to win the AFC, followed by the 
followed by the Chargers. Well, if I swayed other... you, hopefully I persuade some others because I feel yeah. pretty strongly. I really like this Denver team this year. Yep. So I would go Denver and then the Chargers one, two um, in that division. So thank you. All right. So let's pivot at this point. Uh, let's move on to the AFC South uh, where we have, you know, a couple teams that are expected to be pretty solid and then two more that not so much, even though there's still plenty of intrigue there. Uh, yep. We'll start with the Indianapolis Colts who have the, the highest, well, I guess both they and Tennessee are sitting at nine and a half, but I think a lot of people are really high on them. It's at nine and a half. The betting public has bet there over more than any team on the board. You have to lay minus 160 to take the over for the Colts right now. You can get plus 135 if you like the under. Which way are you going knowing that? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this team enough. I, I don't know. I mean, Matt Ryan, when he had Julio Jones and he had somewhat of a running game in, in, um, Atlanta, he was he was solid, and I think that the Colts have a pretty solid defense. And um, but outside of Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, who, who else who else do they have on offense that's really gonna, you know? I'll tell you who. I'll tell you. Who. So yeah, we saw Naheem Hines a couple of years ago. We saw that he mm-hmm. was one of the be- better pass catching scat backs in the NFL, and. In last season, he had career lows across the board. And Carson Wentz, incidentally, is known for his inability to check it down. He's always chucking it downfield, which has led to a lot of his issues with him turning the ball over throughout his career. Matt Ryan, last year, led the NFL in dump-offs and completions to his running backs. And so I expect Naheem Hines to have a really big year. In fantasy, if you're in a PPR league, target him really late. I fully expect him to have a really big year. And another weapon that I think is going to emerge from that offense this year is their tight end, Moali Cox. Over the last handful of years, there's been numerous tight ends between Jack Doyle and Allie Cox. And there's always been two guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it makes it really difficult to find any kind of rhythm and consistency in knowing that I can rely on this guy to be a certain spot and he's going to make the play for me. And Moali Cox was a college basketball player. He's 6'5 with like a 43-inch vert. Dude is massive, and he has good hands too. And now he's working with the most accurate quarterback. I mean, I think he might have been there at the end of Luck's time. So it's, I mean, but you could even argue Matt Ryan was more accurate than Andrew Luck. Luck is, you know, would have been an easy Hall of Famer had he continued to play. Um, it might still be, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, but Matt Ryan is, you know, probably on the borderline himself. If you've watched, he's a former NFL MVP five years ago. He was basically had a Super Bowl one until that fourth quarter against the Patriots. Um, and knowing that you get not only an accurate quarterback, a great leader, which from the day, if anyone has seen any of the videos of when Matt Ryan walked into that locker room the first time in and spoke with his new teammates, you just got this sense of like camaraderie and this belief among players on the Colts. And there's a reason why there you have to lay 160. And I'm going to lay that 160 because I think they go 11 and 60 here. I, I think they smash the over. Um, and I think we're going to see, you know, the rest of their division falter, including Tennessee this year, making it a bit easier. Uh, they get the Steelers, Patriots, Vikings as their other three games, which could have been more difficult because uh, the Titans actually have a more difficult schedule than they do having won the division last year. 
Um, so knowing that, I really like this team this year, and they, they're my dark horse pick to potentially make it to the Super Bowl. All right. Uh, Tennessee Titans over under nine and a half. Um, I'm just going to say that I like the under. I think Tennessee Titans are going to decline this year. Um, Derrick Henry, I mean, he was he's always been outstanding. He had a great year last year, but um, he's getting older. And, uh, well, great gets, half a year until he got hurt. In yeah, yeah, half, half the year. Even right. though he still finished, I think, top 10 in rushing. Goes to yeah. show how good that guy is. Yeah, he's just – but, you know, he's getting older and he gets – I don't know. I mean, he's had games where he gets over 27, 28 carries. Like, they'll run the ball six, seven times in a row. So – but he's a beast um, for sure. But um, I, I don't really have any um, confidence in uh, Ryan Tannehill. I think uh, I just – you know, like they lost AJ Brown. You know, like I know they have Robert Woods and they have a a, a rookie wide receiver. I can't think uh, Traylon Burks. Yeah. And um, so I, I, you know, like I look at their team as a whole, and uh, yeah, like I just don't see it. I I think they probably win eight games. Well, maybe and this year. the betting public likes the same. You have to lay one thirty five to take the under on this. But I'm with you. I I I think you have to take the under and knowing. No, Tannehill's in his 30s now. The writing's kind of on the wall that he's not ever going to become the player that a lot of people thought he might or could one day. And we've seen too many instances. He had a great year two years ago, and he took a really big step back last year. And like you said, A.J. Brown is leaving. Robert Woods is a very good possession receiver, but he's not going to stretch the field. Traylon Burks has really struggled at camp, and there's been you know to the point where their head coach is calling him out. Uh, so that doesn't look very good. Like you said, Derrick Henry, they've been running him into the ground for years. You wonder, will he break down again? And then you look at their schedule as well. So they have to play the AFC West. All four of those teams, they could lose to all four of them. The Mm -hmm. NFC East, Philly and Dallas at the very least will be challenging. Um, And then they get the Bengals, Packers, and Bills as their other three divisional teams. They're going to be underdogs in all three of those games. Um, So with all that in play, and then also take into account Malik Willis, they drafted him. You know, he kept falling in the draft, and finally Tennessee took him. And he's looked really, really good in the preseason. And Tennessee might want to know what he's going to look like in real game action if Tennessee struggles early on. Well, I happen to look at their schedule early on. From week two to week 13, they played the Bills, Raiders, Colts, Commanders. That's not too bad. Colts, Texans, Chiefs, Broncos, Bengals, Packers, Eagles. They're going to be six-point underdogs in all but two of those games. Yep. So in, in some of them, they might be double-digit dogs based on where they are if they lose a bunch of them. Um, so I think there's a realistic possibility that when we get to week 10, week 11, week 12, this yep. team is five games under 500. And they're like, you know what? I kind of want to see what Malik Willis is going to look like. And then, you know, they put him in. And he's going to be a rookie thrown into the mix with five weeks left in the season. And so I think it would be fair to assume that he struggles at some point. So that's just a whole nother reason why the under just seems like the logical choice here. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. Um, let's jump to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're over under six and a half. And I'm going to say, I have no idea. I'm staying away because it's Jacksonville. I don't know. Like I know they have uh, Doug Peterson um, running the show now, but, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. I, you know, I, I'm not going to take my hard earned money and put it on something like Jacksonville. I just, 
I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's fair. I'll be honest. When I was looking at all the lines for today, this is definitely one of the most difficult ones for me as well, because I think it's fair to assume they're going to be better this year. Uh, I do expect Trevor Lawrence to take some steps forward, um, especially having the new head coach who's really good with quarterbacks. And now they got rid of urban Meyer. That was such a shit show last year. Um, And, you know, obviously their schedule is relatively light. They, because they actually finished last, last year, they get to play the jets. They get to play the lions. Um, So that's helpful. Um, But to take the over, that means they have to win seven games. I don't know if I feel confident enough that this offense is to be that much better and their defense at times last year looked really good. They have the other Josh Allen, remember? The Josh Allen that yeah. beat the Josh Allen from Buffalo himself in that game last right. year. So their defense showed that they have some talent last year. So there's lots of reasons to think that they will be better, and they should be. But to say that they're going to go 7-10 and 10 might be a stretch. But at the same time, you know they could easily be better than 6-11. and 11. So I'm with you. I think this is a fade. Let's wait and see. You know, ATN should have a really solid breakout year. They went and got Brandon Scherf to shore up the offensive line. Uh, they Christian drafted Kirk. the first overall pick, took Trayvon Walker. Um, so like, you know, they'll be better, but that line, I think Vegas did a great job at setting it at six and a half, and I want no part of it. Yep. And finally, let's go to Houston Texans, four and a half. <laughs> what do you think? You know, it's funny because – the the betting public likes the over a little bit. It's minus 20 to take the over. You get even money if you go under. And, you know, it, it's hard to say a team is just going to win four games out of 17. But every year, there are about three or four teams that win three or four games. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this Texans roster might be the worst roster in football. I read an article on ESPN a few days ago. And one of their betting writers talked about how the over here was one of the biggest locks on the board because Davis Mills was going to take this huge year and their offense was going to be one of the best in the league. And I had to wonder to myself, has ESPN's writers fallen off that badly that they have someone saying the Houston Texans will have one of the best offenses in football? What is going on? Am I living in an alternate universe? No. You're not. It's just, I mean, like they're trying to get stories and get people excited and all this stuff, but it's like, just look at the facts here. Like, look at their roster. You know, they have who I think is going to be really good this year based on what I've seen in the little sample size in preseason is Damian Pierce, but he's a rookie. And then I'm not a believer in Davis Mills at all. And, um, you know, like they do have Brandon Cooks, which they need to trade Brandon Cooks and like yeah. get something for him. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that guy, I mean, he's probably going to rebuild. He's, you he's, might as well go full rebuild. Right. Um, and shout out to my friend, Bonnie. She's a huge Houston Texans fan. She just breathes, wears those Texans goggles all the time. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see them winning over five games this year. Um, well, no, they unless, would only need to win five if cause um, the numbers at four and a half. So if they win five, you hit your over. But I, I look at their schedule. So they get those same divisions. They'll lose to all four teams in the AFC West. They're not beating any of those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then which NFC division is it? They play the NFC East. Maybe they beat the Giants. Maybe. I mean, personally, maybe. I think the Giants will beat them. But, you know, yeah. they got to win some games, right? So let's let's say they yeah. get the Giants or the Commanders. They could win one, maybe both of those if they're lucky. 
But then the other three games also, I think, you know, in the division, maybe they beat Jacksonville once. So maybe they have two or three wins now. But then they get the Browns, Dolphins, and Bears as their other three because they actually finished ahead of Jacksonville. So they don't get to play the Jets. They play the Dolphins. That's a loss. Um, they have to play the Browns. That's a loss. Because when they play the Browns, that's going to be exactly. That's Watson's first game back. They're not winning that game. You know, like I said, I mean, you know, it's the storyline aspect. It could be. It could be. It could be. A game. And maybe that's the one that gets them to five. But exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if this team is two and 15 or three and 14. I mean, they're that bad. Um, and they basically didn't add anyone in free agency. And Brandon Cooks is getting old and he's reliant on his ability to run past people. Normally, when you get into your 30s, you stop being able to run past people. You know, Davis Mills, I'll give him some credit. He performed a lot better than I expected he would last year, but mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, a believer that he's going to become, you know, anything resembling a, a very good quarterback in this league. And they still have an awful offensive line, an awful defensive line. Their teams are going to be running the ball down their throat. Davis Mills is going to have to be slinging it. I mean, I just, I have a hard time seeing them winning five games. So give me the even money. Give me the Texans and the under. So all we have left is the AFC North and the AFC East that we will talk next week. And then uh, football will be here. Uh, it'll start on Thursday. And uh, so we'll uh, we'll have all our locks and all our predictions. And uh, it should be exciting, man. I can't yeah. wait for football season. It's finally here. Yep. Yep. I'm super pumped, man. All right, well, we will see you guys on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.